Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. Hello. And as you guys can see by the title, we are talking about Casey Anthony's series. She had come out on Peacock. I don't necessarily want to call it a documentary because it is very, very one-sided. We will get into that, though. (laughs) It's fine. And if you're listening and being like, what the fuck? Why? Why are we doing this? Well, that was in the hands of our Facebook group because we put up a poll. So, yes. There has been a lot of action in there, so... Yes. And speaking of social medias and whatnot, if you want to hang out this on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. And our said group that I mentioned is Three Spooked Girls Official. We also have our Spookster shop, which probably will be picking up a little bit more after the holidays. I do tarot readings, Jessica does blind date books, and we have boutique items and other stuff that drop every so often. So definitely check it out. If you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month. Five and up, that's when our video content, ad free episodes with early releases, swag, and other things from there. We just revamped our Patreon. So we have a one, five, ten, and $25 tiers, and we've really simplified it. So go check it out. Everything's in the link tree in the show notes as well. But yeah, that's that's really all we got. We're just going to go ahead and jump into this. Oh, also, I will plug if you are newer or did not see them. It's like a couple years ago at this point. We actually have a five part series on this case. This isn't like a normal, you know, breaking down the case. We've already done that. So (sighs) lots of content for you on that. If you search the murder of Kaylee Anthony, you will find it because we hate Casey, and we would never put her name on the actual cases episode. So there you go. Yeah. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and hand it to Jessica because she's going to get us going on this shit. We're going to (laughs) unpack some. I want to first say that Tara and I went back and forth on this. Like at first we were like, Mm -hmm. let's not do an episode. Let's do an episode. We saw a lot of the traction happening on the social medias, people talking about it, people sending us information. So we did put Mm -hmm. up a poll. I want that to be known that this isn't something that Tara and I are doing for clout or like chasing something. This is something that came from our yeah. listeners. Yeah. I also, I'll say too, 
I got a lot of message requests on my TikTok too, asking mm. if there would be a recap either there or on the show. And I've obviously said, yep, coming on the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically just view it as like, we watched it so you don't have to. Pretty much. <laughs> I want to say that this particular thing is awkward because mm-hmm. the t- the Peacock show is called Casey Anthony, Where the Truth Lies. And I find that so ironic because, like, the first episode, they really mm-hmm. establish Casey yeah. as a liar. Like, and if you, if you go back and listen to the five-part series that we did, there's so many times. I mean, Tara and I, like, we, we what we call trauma dumping, where we, like, we absorb all the trauma mm-hmm. to do the show and then dump it into the show and then walk away, like, where our brain just picks up, like, key things, but we don't remember all the details. Mm-hmm. So if someone were to come up and be like, on the podcast, you said this. Well, I didn't go back and listen to it again, because <laughs> that was, like, five hours of my life. I didn't want to listen to myself talk. This is probably more. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was it was a lot. It was a lot of work. All right, Spooksters, we are in full holiday season. I don't know about you guys, but this time of year is super stressful for me. There's being a mom, working, my partner's working, crazy schedules. And of course, I'm also a full-time content creator. So the things that you focus on on every day can kind of go on the wayside because you're worrying about what gifts you're going to buy, squeezing in shopping, all of that. And for me, there's hardly any time to chill and connect with my loved ones. But luckily, our sponsor today, Paired, is here to help with that. So Paired is a relationship app for couples. You and your partner download the app, you pair together, and every day Paired gives you questions, quizzes, and games to have fun, stay connected, and deepen your conversations. And for us, me and my partner have actually tried this out and loved it. One of the things that has been my favorite while on this paired journey is talking about different things in the couple's games. They have favorite things. How would you describe me? What is your couple styles? And my favorite, going on vacation, because once summer hits, we're definitely taking a trip to summer are amazing. And on top of that, there's also the quizzes that are not just fun, but super helpful. They talk about things such as emotional intelligence, gender roles at home, knowing each other, and even spicy things such as how is your sex life? And while the holidays are a stressful time of year, they are about connection and quality time with the people that mean most to you. Don't let that stress get in the way. Get into the heart of the season, or at the very least get through it, with Paired. This Christmas, invest in connection and closeness all year round. Head to Paired.com slash Spooked Girls and get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to P-A-I-R-E-D dot com slash Spooked Girls to sign up today and connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. We We dove into it. Weeks and weeks. Probably fair enough to say like over a month researching it and getting everything. We did. And I'm very proud of those those Mm -hmm, episodes. mm -hmm. Because really, this story is about Kaylee. It's about a little girl who went missing. And we all just to like recap just quick. Yeah. She was missing for like 31 days. 
And here's my thought on this. Mm-hmm. We'll find it. We'll get there. <laughs> your point won't get there. <laughs> but how that, just so that you know, how the episode, the first episode started was really fucking weird to me. Yeah. It's Casey arriving at this like Airbnb house mm-hmm. with like, Three, you know those big plastic tote boxes, yeah, of stuff that's Kaylee's, and it's not like she brought stuff to like show on the doc, like the quote unquote documentary, mm-hmm. aka the Kaylee Anthony or the Casey Anthony show. <laughs> she like hung pictures up and tried to make the bedroom look like it was her bedroom, which is like fine. You could have staged it that way so it looked like you were in Casey's home. But for some reason, the docuseries maker wanted to point out that Casey was not doing this in her home. She was doing this at an Airbnb and showed that whole process. Well, to to kind of like look on it on the flip side of why I think they did that is because obviously people would be seeing this house and this property. And if they thought it was hers, you know, then they're going to go fucking rubberneck it. So... I think well, explaining it so it didn't have really to do show that. the ex- you didn't have to show the exterior either. This you is true. Literally, just been like, this is my bedroom. This is my reminders of Kaylee. This is my living room where I'm sitting and not have an outside perspective. I think one. I think they were trying to show that like Casey was trying to get control, and this was her way of having control. And mm. granted, I will say this: I've publicly said that I don't like Casey. I do respect the fact that she has a roommate. And she wants to give her roommate privacy. Mm-hmm. That's respectful because it's probably a really fucking hard to be Casey Anthony's roommate. <laughs> yeah. You probably get a lot of shit. So like it would suck like if you like if you had something that like distinguished you and someone watched that show and they saw your picture in the background or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. You would be like the fuck why? Yeah. So it was just it was weird. Yeah. I get that she wanted space but There's so many documentary styles that they don't do in their home. She didn't need to come in and make the space look like it was hers. That's what threw me. Well, yeah, I mean. It's just fucking weird. You can't really understand any action she fucking does. But like just playing like devil's advocate. Like, I wonder how long they stayed. Did they say how long they stayed there for? No, I don't know. If it was like. And that's the thing. Like, if it was longer term, then that makes sense because you want to make it feel like your own space. But. I doubt it was super long, if I'm being honest with you. No. I have a feeling like this whole thing probably took a couple weeks to film. Uh, Yeah. Interview-wise. And if you watch it, I'm not recommending you do or don't. I'm just going to put that out there, staying neutral on that point. Because I don't want Peacock to be mad at me because I like watching Parks and Rec on there. So. But it's just kind of like one of the things where it's like she has these like tote boxes full of memories of Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And she's like, these are all like basically all the things I have of my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like annoyed me because I just kind of got annoyed that it went like back and forth between this weird. Let, let's talk to Casey as she's unpacking these boxes to like a formal sit down interview. Yeah. And I get that's someone's artistic style. That just annoyed me. <laughs> We're going to just do this one hard. The fact that she's like they go on this like hike, right? And it's like a hike on this paved path. So it wasn't like she was. Yeah. Because she's like, I go hiking a lot. And I'm like, that's cool. You took a stroll. (laughs) Which is fine. Like, no hate to that. But she's like, I have social anxiety. I can't be in big crowds. And we all know from fucking social media, the girlfriend was at a concert up on stage dancing her ass off. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. 
And we can also know that she, if you haven't seen it yet, she has covered up the disgusting tattoo on her shoulder that yeah. said, what was it, Bella Vita mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes. It now has peonies and a mandala. And so, which she's just like, it resembles rebirth. And I was like, hmm, bad mm, taste. Yeah. And then it goes in. One of the first red flags for me is she starts talking about her defense team. Mm-hmm. Her defense, I did not know this, but her defense team gave her money after the trial to like get mm-hmm. back on her feet. Yep. And I was like, that's not normal. No. This is my opinion. Pretty much everyone but Jose Bias on her defense team, they're mm-hmm. like a little family together. All of yeah. them together. And can I just say, I thought it was like very, very interesting that he wasn't even at least in it. Because we all know Homeboy is a slime ball and likes money, so right, he would have given and interesting. He loves interviewing. He loves giving yes. interviews. So that's like one of the things I don't think that it kind of for me like the whole Pat McKenna involvement. You will see through the three episodes, Pat McKenna is very involved in her life. She works yes. for him. She's like a research assistant. Yeah, it was really funny because she was pretending to work and you could tell it was like a total like setup pretend like you guys are doing something mm-hmm. she's like i'll word search the the document and find it for you and i was like did you just pull up random words that you think associates you with computers right i was like cool it's not staged it's fine it just it felt very <laughs> staged but like the relationship between her and pat mckenna like i'm just gonna i want to talk about that she becomes like a surrogate daughter and he becomes a surrogate father to her. And like, especially like in the third episode, you see really the depth of that. Yes. But one of the things I do kind of like, they talk about this relationship and he's like, my number one rule is no photos with her. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be like, this isn't somebody that you think in my mind. I'm like, if you think she's innocent, if you think there's no reason Mm -hmm. to hide your family's involvement with her why why is that because he's showing family pictures that he's talking about, like because it was so confusing because he was like showing collages of family pictures mm-hmm. that you can tell someone has put together for him and he's like oh my family and casey's a part of it and like she's in none of the photos and then it just kind of feels like oh you need to address why there's no fucking pictures of casey yeah. in your life yeah which is funny because there are pictures like on her phone of the two of them together right so I was like, okay, that's weird. I mean, it it could be something, you know, it is weird, but it's like because of who she is, maybe that just helped without the risk of somebody taking that and selling that photo and then said family member, you know, because <sighs> all it takes is someone to save something or screenshot it on Facebook or wherever, you know what I mean? But it, it's it's fucking weird. It's really I mean, I weird. think she she's learning that because like some of the things that she says in the documentary, there's been proof of uh-huh. just her life after this incident. I think kind of I don't know if you want to go here first, if we want to talk about the abuse, because that seems to be the most prevalent theme throughout the whole docuseries is yeah, fine. Casey's abuse. Yeah. This is a trigger warning. So if you've been if you've been sexually abused. Especially if you've been sexually abused by a family member, this might not be mm-hmm. the episode for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is definitely probably not the docu-series for you. But Casey, like in the court case, she discusses the whole George, her father, George Anthony, yeah, sexually assaulting her from the time she was eight to the time she was 12. Mm-hmm. 
And then she talks about how, like, there was a little reprieve, and then her older brother, Lee, began, I think, when she was, like, 15 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or 12 to 15, something like that. Yeah. And it's just, here's the thing. I have said on the podcast, I always want to believe the survivors of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Because as someone who, like, both Tara and I have been Mm -hmm. sexually abused in our Mm -hmm. life, and... You want to you want to give people that space. I a hundred percent believe that she probably there's a great chance that she was abused. Yeah. yeah. However, it doesn't excuse her actions. No. And I think one of the things is is that this this docu series or this whatever this is this the series is like really more about defaming George Anthony. Oh, 100%. as a hundred human being. Than actually addressing the fuck what happened to Kaylee Anthony. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the deplorable part of this. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a little girl and she talks about it. She talks about the day that like, you know, George wakes her up. She t- she goes into detail talking about how like she always slept with her door locked. But this was the one day she didn't sleep with her door locked. And, mm-hmm. and then like, you know, Kaylee gets out and they're looking for Kaylee. The dad, you know, George comes in and is like, where is Kaylee? You know, and they're looking and. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting because she's like, I'm I was sick. And I'm like, you were hung over. First of all, let's just not even fucking play there. And she was like, I was such a light sleeper, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, if you were a light sleeper, you managed to sleep through your daughter, probably crawling over you. Right. Opening the door. Toddlers are not quiet. No, they're not. Even if you're not a light sleeper, you would have woken up. Right. And if I'm remembering right, her original story is that they were up and about. Mm -hmm. And that they had, yes, at one point she said that they had gone back in and like laid down for like a little mid-morning nap. nap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do get that. The fact that she's so adamant that there was no pool involved. Mm -hmm. The story that she tells in this is this. I know we just kind of skipped over like the whole we're skipping around. Sorry, guys. My ADHD is like yeah. on no, crack no, 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 with no, no, this no. thing. That's that's totally fine. Like yeah. we already said, you know, this isn't formatted. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> so like, you know, she's talking about how like her and George go searching for Kaylee and that she goes around out front to look for Kaylee and then she walks around the mm-hmm. back and between like the side yard and the pool she sees George standing there holding Kaylee mm-hmm. in his arms, mm-hmm. upset. And she says she runs to him and he hands Kaylee to her and Kaylee's like heavy and wet and she falls to the ground and she's holding her and she says that George like yells at her that this is your fault, you did mm-hmm. this. And that he then picks Kaylee up and then like rushes her away and she just, She's like, I don't even know how long I sat there and was there for. And she's like, I don't even know where he went, except for that he went inside and like he was gone for a while. How long that was, I don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. And then that he came back out and like, but like, you're telling me that your daughter was wet, right? but you don't think the pool was involved at all. Well, I mean, we can go ahead and just like spoil it. It's obviously so that that conversation starts in what episode two? Yeah, it's the beginning of episode two. So essentially, in episode three, she has, you know, 
I think they ask her like, well, what the fuck's with the pool then? Why was she wet? And basically she says she thinks that her and Pat think that George was abusing Kaylee as well. And according to Casey, during her abuse, one of the things was she would get smothered by her dad to pass out so she wouldn't fight back. So mm-hmm. they think he accidentally smothered her and then put her in the pool to make it look like a drowning. And, you know, that's kind of like a very, very weak excuse, she says. I just knew. But it's funny because when they talk about stuff in the funeral later, it's she acts like she just figured this out. So that's contradicting a lot. And then she goes right. on to say that if it was a drowning, they wouldn't have even examined her body and it's like not true not true they're still going to do this so they get an official cause of death especially because she's a child she's exactly. two fucking years old exactly they're gonna make sure someone didn't drown her someone didn't drug her and throw her in there you know all right. of that and if there was abuse they would see that yes which I guess just just say this if that makes sense like if there was abuse if her story is quote unquote correct which yeah. I'm not, I wasn't there, I don't know. But her story, mm. that George was abusing Kaylee and Kaylee, like, he smothered her and then, like, it just went too far and he couldn't revive mm-hmm. her and he covered it up. The sexual assault would have given it away. Right. And so there would have been an investigation into that. Exactly. There are so many times where, like, in the third episode, she really talks about, like, how she wanted to get out of there and do things. She had other people in her life. Mm-hmm. Like if she had gone to any of her friends and said, I don't feel like my daughter is safe. It sounded like her boyfriend, Tony, at the time liked Kaylee, liked Kaylee mm-hmm. being around. His roommates mm-hmm. liked Kaylee being around. Yeah. You're telling me Clint has been on. It's one of Tony's roommates. He's been on like every fucking documentary ever made about Kaylee Anthony. You're telling me that if you wouldn't, if you went to him and said, hey, I don't feel safe with my daughter at my parents' house. That they wouldn't have let you come stay with your right. daughter because you were already doing that. Right. She was basically already living there. The One of the things that she points out, she points out this thing about George and the fact that like at the beginning, he's like, I believe my daughter. I believe my daughter. But then is like privately telling the detectives all of the things. Mm-hmm. There's like this lying. And sh- they talk a lot about the lying in this. And one of, the first thing I want to say is, what parent wants to believe that their child would kill their grandchild? Or right. be responsible for their grandchild's death. Well, right. And they they were learning about this at the same time we were. Right. They were getting information as they went along. So it's like once they got all this other evidence, what the fuck do you mean? Why did he just flip? Uh, hello? <laughs> Come the right. fuck on. Also, the fact of the matter is she's like, well, I was talking with my parents every day. If you go back to the other episodes, we talk about the fact that like she's texting and calling and She's texting her mom. She didn't actually call her mom. She's Mm -hmm. texting her mom every single day. And she's calling her dad every day while her mom is at work. Yeah. They do show that in her phone records. Yeah. She says, I believe in some of her text messages, like, I talked to dad today. Like, everything's Mm -hmm. fine. Or she was down for a nap. Because I believe one of them was like, well, he didn't talk to her. And, Mm -hmm. like, this is the thing. If Cindy Anthony is asking Casey Anthony, where the fuck is my grandchild? Right. And George Anthony... According to mm-hmm. Casey, mm-hmm. Casey believed that George had her story is that she believed that George had Kaylee and was keeping her from her. Yeah. Then why would your mom be asking? Run. But two, like, why wouldn't you say, like, mom, 
I don't know where Kaylee is. You know why I don't know where Kaylee is? Dad took her on June 16th and has just been stringing me along. Mm-hmm. That's where I would have fucking started from. Yeah. This whole like, Zen- what is it? Zendaya or Zenaida? Zenaida's Gonzalez. I mean, she admits in this series she that she lied about it. She yeah. lied about it, that she had met this individual. According to Zenaida, she's never met Casey. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of her lies was that she met through that dude she was like seeing that had a kid the same age or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was her lie. And that's like, it's just like, no. You literally said this nanny lived in the same complex as your ex best friend. Right. And that was what was weird is that like her ex best friend, they interviewed her and she's like, oh yeah, I lived there. Mm-hmm. Every single person in Casey Anthony's life classifies her as a liar exactly every single person Mm -hmm. and you're like we're forgetting so much shit like i get about disassociating because as a victim of sexual assault as a victim of continuous abuse as a child not by like my actual parents like my parents Mm -hmm. that i lived with but like external factors Mm -hmm. i just want to say that out there because i love my parents I mean, yeah, but my my dad was like my dad that raised me was very heavy handed with disciplining. So there was things like you just didn't tell your parents things. And I get the whole like you yeah. lie to your parents because, you know, the wrath of the lie is if you get away with it, it's so much better than if you just tell the truth. But it also taught right. me like just not to do bad shit. That's mm-hmm. what that actually ended up teaching me. But Casey has lied her whole life. Her family is like she's a liar. It yeah. would be it would make sense when Casey Anthony is fucking arrested for lying to police officers. Mm-hmm. Let's not skim over the fact that she's talking about on there like, oh, I was in jail mm-hmm. when they found Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Well, why the fuck were you in jail? Because you, you consistently lied to police officers. You yep. took resources. I mean, I think at what we looked it up, it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars of resources. Right. And that's what ultimately the crime she ended up serving for was mm-hmm. her lying and like she had to pay restitution right. because her lies led to misuse of state and federal funds. Yeah. It's hard for me. It's kind of like when people apologize for something and they go, you know, like, hey, Tara, I'm really sorry. But. But. Here's all the reasons I'm not sorry. That's what right. this entire thing felt like to me. It was, I'm sorry that everyone hates me, but I didn't do it. Right. How do I believe you? You lied to your family about who Casey, who Kaylee's father was. You lied to, mm-hmm. what was his name? That dude, I want to say Josh, but that doesn't seem right. One of the dudes she was dating, yeah. I'm just going to call him Josh. You lied to that <laughs> dude that he was Kaylee's father. His mother was fucking smart enough to be like, this timeline doesn't fucking track. Go get a paternity test. Mm -hmm. It destroyed him. Yeah. Lied to your parents every single day. Like, okay, you were bartending. I don't think your parents would have been like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's bartending. They'd probably be like, okay, she's working. Right, exactly. And she was like, I didn't tell because that was what I was using to, you know, get cash so I could make my getaway with Kaylee and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all you had to say was you quit working at Universal and now you're you're working at night. That's it. Mm-hmm. They like guarantee they would not have thought anything of it. Exactly. But you like take your kid, go out, hang out all day, come home, tuck your kid in and then act like you're going out partying. You're Mm -hmm. setting yourself up for this. Right. A lot of single moms 
bartend. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier to get an overnight babysitter because you could have a family member who lives with you watch your kid at night. I know this because mm-hmm. I have friends who've done this who have mm-hmm. like, I have a kid. My, you know, I live with my sister or I live with my parents and they watch mm-hmm. my kid at night and I go out and work and I watch right. my kid during the day. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know in the state of Florida, like how old you have to be to be a bartender. And that's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I know people who have foregone traditional like corporate jobs mm-hmm. to go bartending because they right. fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, I would rather do this because it's my passion. So there's nothing wrong with that. You right. then were like, the month that Kaylee was missing, you were out working the whole time, quote unquote, working with Tony to promote bars. Mm-hmm. That, like, if that's your job, that's not a bad thing. People make hella yeah. money doing that. Right. So, like, I don't think maybe your parents might be like, well, I don't like that lifestyle, but they loved Kaylee. Exactly. We were talking like in the in the other episode, we talked about like how Cindy and them were like, give us your kid and go Mm -hmm. live your life and we'll watch her. You can live here. Come and go as you please. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying if the allegations of George are true and I have to say you have to say allegations at this point because they haven't been proven. No. You know, if the allegations are true, which The way she talks about it, the way she remembers specific things, yeah, probably are true. They they track. But to Mm -hmm. play the other side of it, she's had 10 years to rehearse this. Yep. I think that's a big thing that people are forgetting to remember and take into account is that she's a pathological liar. She is smart. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, she's had a lot of time to do this. And it's just, it could go either way. She could have went through horrible shit herself. Or she could have went on the internet and fucking looked all this stuff up and watched other people talk about it. Right. And one of the things I notice a lot when she gets really emotional, she starts biting her lip. And it's very Mm -hmm. consistent throughout it. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, showing sign of stress or uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, rabbit mm-hmm. hold and, like, people were talking about people who do that a lot, like, especially in emotional situations. They're uncertain about if they're being believed. Interesting. Or uncertain about what they're saying. And there were a few right. times where, like, watching, like, her body language where, like, you know, George is saying something and he's, my daughter had nothing to do with it. And she, was, she wasn't doing the proper head nod to it. And it could have just been mm-hmm. bad editing. It could have been that as well. Yeah, there's just, there's so much, there's so much stuff. And I mean, like, we talked about the Zanida, the Zanny thing. And like, you know, Clint did say in this mm-hmm. one, Clint was Tony's roommate. He did say that he'd never seen Kaylee or Casey right. with Xanax, which I was like, okay, this makes sense. But I also kind of want to be like, let's hold yourself accountable, sir, because you've been, you have been profiting off of this for years that she was like a pill popper. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying, well, I actually never saw it. I was just told. And a lot of his information came from George. And then when they actually like tell her about the abuse and like how people like disassociate and things like that, he's like, okay, Mm -hmm. this kind of makes sense. And that kind of tracks. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. But like, hold yourself accountable, sir. And understand. We talked a little bit so far about how George was the star witness for the prosecution Mm -hmm. for the state. Yeah. I do think that there was one point that I would like more detailed answers from law enforcement 
about Mm -hmm. why George wasn't more of a a suspect from the Mm -hmm. get. Because Mm -hmm. typically you hear in cases, okay, the last two known people to have seen her. Mm -hmm. And that would have been Casey and George. So why George wasn't brought in. And it was weird because it was like, I've said this before on the show, like when we talked about like if there was an accident, why George wouldn't have called 911 because he knows how to work a scene. And then to hear Casey Anthony say that, I was like, ew. (laughs) You stop saying what I say. Well, because it's like you think, you know, he was he was a cop. So it's like not only is it his granddaughter, like even if it was a random child, wouldn't his first instinct be to like start CPR, try to revive her something or, you know, as soon as he saw Casey yell at her to go call 911 or him go grab his phone and call 911. You know what I'm saying? On that side, it's just it's hard to I don't know. It's hard to believe that he wouldn't have done anything. It's hard to believe, especially because even if we're going with he sexually assaulted her, he accidentally killed her, he would have tried to revive her. That would have shown up on her body. The thing that wouldn't have shown up on the body if that mm-hmm. was there was there wouldn't have been water in the lungs. Mm-hmm. I do think like if you're going with the that narrative, it makes sense why he would dump a body. Because if you start thinking mm-hmm. of the sexual assault aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the statistics, but I know that we've looked at it before about pedophiles who like pedophiles have age ranges typically that they're like attracted mm-hmm. to. And according to her, her timeline yeah. is very prepubescent from the ages of like eight to 12 Mm-hmm. Kaylee was two. There's a huge difference right. between a two-year-old and an eight-year-old. Yeah. And then she brings up the whole, I think it's in episode three, they bring up the funeral. And yes. they talk about George's kind of, one, that whole funeral was like, I've never actually seen it. It was a little weird. It was weird. Neither. It was very much like a high-budget church yeah. thing. It was very public. It was very big. You know? Mm-hmm. I had never put two and two together that Casey wasn't there. I mean, it made sense. She was in she was in jail. I think I just kind of thought they just did something small, intimate. They were at that yeah. time was Casey's innocent. And I would have thought they would have waited for her to like get out to have some sort of memorial. Yeah. But it makes you wonder if they knew that she wasn't. Right. And Deep down. <laughs> right. The whole the whole sweat comment, that's Yeah. And yeah. the way that Casey keeps saying it is her sweet sweat. And what George actually says is it's a little weird. It's mm-hmm. definitely awkward. It's definitely gross. But he's mm-hmm. talking about like it's Florida, it's fucking muggy. And she comes in and she smells of sweat because she's been playing outside. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is gross, but like, is it pedophile status? Right. Cause like you have to think about it. Like everyone loves smelling babies' heads. Mm-hmm. That's so the I thing. Kind of- I kind of equated it to something like that, you know? Obviously, he just didn't word it properly, but it's like if he's truly an innocent man and a grieving grandfather, like, he's human. (laughs) You know what I mean? I also kind of think of this, like, she's like, he's just telling everyone he's a pedophile. Pedophiles don't do shit like that. No, they would not. They would, like, redirect completely. Yeah, he wouldn't, like, he wouldn't want, if that was his thing. Exactly. Wouldn't want people to look at him i mean unless he's so fucking bold that he wants to say it so that he can watch it over and over again and relive it there is that there are yeah. crazy people who do shit like that yeah so that's po- that's possible as you can tell we're kind of just like all over the place oh no yeah we're good trying to like <laughs> obviously 
Tara and I have come out on the podcast and been like, we don't like it. I mean, Tara said we fucking hate her earlier, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, at the end of the fucking day, if Casey Anthony ever heard this, this is what I would say to her. <laughs> your child was, to, if your story is right, your child was taken from you. And yeah. the fuck you didn't drive straight to a police station. Yep. Or you know what I thought about, too, with that is like she I think it's like episode two, maybe one. She talks about how she had tried to tell Cindy about her being abused by her brother, by Lee. Right. And she said, so that's why you're a whore. And I'm like, not to be like fucking I don't I don't know. But in my brain, I'm like, this would be the proof. My dad's a fucking creep. Right. Because Lee would have had to learn it from someone. Exactly. Well, yes, that. But then it's, you know, go to her mom and be like, look, he took Kaylee and he was abusing me, too. Wasn't just Lee. And now I'm worried about Kaylee. That is the kind of response you should fucking have. She tries to be like, oh, well, it's because I trusted him. It's because I truly thought I was going to get her back and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, OK, even if you think that you're going to drag it out for a month. No, maybe a week. I buy that shit for a week. Right. But at some point, like the text message she was sending to her mom, like I remember this one where she comes up with this so fucking crazy lie that her and her nanny and her nanny's daughter, they all went to like Orlando or they all went to this one place and then they get into a car accident and they're in the emergency Mm -hmm. room because her arm is broken and all this shit. Like that's a fucking elaborate ass lie because you have to remember that elaborate ass lie fucking later. Yep. Yep. So like. You're having this story. Like she said, she went to Disney World with her. They went to Universal Studios. They went to Mm -hmm. all these different places, right? They did all Mm -hmm. these different things with Kaylee and that they kept staying overnight. And Cindy kept asking. At some fucking point, you would just be like, mom, dad took her. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen her in so long. And I'm trying to figure this out. And she's dad kept saying, like, if you just keep telling. No. Fuck. You're telling Mm -hmm. me that you think your father took her to abuse her. Because mm-hmm. that's what she says. She's like, I yep. think he took her to abuse her. That you're not fucking running over there every day, fucking pounding on that door, knocking on that door, breaking into that house, fucking looking for your kid. Mm-hmm. You're going to clubs and promoting them. Mm-hmm. Your number one goal. Like, I get that you're like, okay, I'm going to disassociate my problems. That's your no. fucking kid. The end of the day, the best outcome that could have happened from this shit is that she accidentally fucking drowned. Yeah. And that you guys were fucking shitty ass people and tried to cover it up yeah and yeah granted the last person to say that casey left with but casey said that she left with her Mm -hmm. their stories yes their stories aligned and then like now she's saying that she told her parents she told her dad that the car that was left overnight she had told him and he had like they had no fucking idea the car was even missing until that happened until it got impounded and they're like come pick up your fucking car it's at blah 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 right which to me was like hold the hold the phone Mm -hmm. if george anthony was trying to blame you for murder why wouldn't he have gone to pick up that car and been like it smells like this why wait for it to get impounded exactly exactly there's just so many things that like don't fucking she acts like all of a sudden everything is clicked into place and we all know the fucking story now no Nothing makes sense. Yep. If anything, we are way more clouded than ever. Mm -hmm. There's this 2019 episode with George or interview with George Mm -hmm. where he's been like in a car accident. Yeah. And he's like apologizing to Casey. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm apologizing. 
Maybe he's apologizing to you because there have been previous things where you have made statements that I just want my parents to apologize for the shit they did to me. Mm -hmm. Like the abuse. Like if you're sitting there, she's like, what are you apologizing for? Maybe he's on air apologizing for abusing you. Right. Maybe he's apologizing for being the state's witness because he realized that could have killed you. Right. That must have been a fucking struggle. When they're asking the roommate, Tony's roommates, because it's Clint and then some other guy, Mm -hmm. would you do this to your kid? And they're like, no. It's like, would you do this to your kid if you thought they killed your fucking grandchild? Right. There's a part B to that sentence. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because it was like, at first he was saying no, but then when they asked, like, if your kid did something wrong, would you stay on their side? And he's like, no, I wouldn't. So it's like, okay, well, which is it then? Like, and I know it's not like anything anybody ever wants to think about, but at the end of the day, if you're going to be talking about Casey Anthony, you have to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we don't we don't know what's going on in her parents' brains. I'm not saying they are innocent people or, you know, not trash themselves or what have you. But it's like. We don't know what they were thinking. We don't know what internal struggle they had, especially if this was something where George was not involved at all mm-hmm. and did nothing. Then it's like, can you imagine finding out like finding out this information that your daughter killed your only grandkid? Mm-hmm. One that you were pretty much raising. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I thought it was funny that they slid in there that this was the first case played out on social media. And this is what instigated the court of public opinion. And I'm like, mm, do we not? Did we forget about Scott Peterson? Yeah. <laughs> did we forget about other cases? That's the thing. It's it just because it's social media. media. The other stuff was still media because right. I'm just using his an, as an example because it's the easiest. Yeah, that was like early 2000s. But, like, everybody was watching CNN. Everybody was watching whatever, you know, shit Nancy Grace was on. Everybody was reading the newspapers. So it's equivalent. I mean, Nancy Grace did give them both their murder nicknames. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and even going back, we've done old ass cases Mm -hmm. where the media has put out stuff, put headlines, named these killers, and everybody just runs with it. They will either run with it or they don't. And it's like, that has been a problem for like over a hundred years this casey wasn't the first one like they're trying to say it's like mm, no (laughs) it may have been the first big profile one to be myspace and facebook but yeah and i think like twitter yeah it's like 2011 but like still that's not really a relevant thing to me at all and it's just you know something that i think everybody gets hung up on is yeah jose mentioned this in the opening statements and of course they asked george like did you do this and he said no but it's like it wasn't even the defense who asked oh it was the prosecution yeah because like this is what happened jose bias gets up there and is like picture young casey anthony getting off the bus for school when 30 minutes earlier she had her father's penis in her mouth this is something that is permanently scarred into my brain yeah i will never forget the words this man said because that was so egregious and i was yeah what yeah and then never to bring it up again are you fucking kidding me the fact that the defense the defense's job is to prove she didn't do it right and that would be something that would prove it if they had went with the story she was saying 
Right. Get Casey on the stand to talk about the smothering. Get Mm -hmm. her on there to talk about how, like, he held a pillow over her face and, like, she passed out. Mm -hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is shit that would have, I would have listened to it and been like, oh, my God. The fact that after you are acquitted, you come out with this alternative, like, George did it. Right. Because that was the thing. Like, she's completely changed what they thought happened. Before it was, oh, she drowned while I was napping and George went and took care of the body. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Nothing else at all. And then it's just really interesting to me that Pat and I can't remember that lady's name, that other attorney that Kim was like super, or something. super up her butt, that Casey had never talked about any of this stuff with them. Sat oh. down and talked about what happened. I'm like, your family? Okay. When Pat McKenna said like four times in a row, yeah. oh, we've never talked about this, but this is what I think it is. And the fact that like she has talked about it on the documentary, yeah, she's come out publicly and talked about the fact that like George molested her. Mm-hmm. Like she's talked about that. Yeah. It's just at the end of the day, Casey Anthony got a fucking huge ass payout from this. Yep. And it's disgusting. Wasn't she supposed to, I don't remember what, what, what she was supposed to do it on, but there was another one, like, we talked about this. A couple years ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they dipped. Because she wanted too much money. And they were like, fuck you, top mom. Like, that's literally, like, what it was. Mm-hmm. And then they Yeah, were- she wanted, like, almost a million dollars. And it's right. funny because, like, Peacock's not disclosing, but you know, especially with, like, inflation and everything being so fucking expensive, you know she got a fat-ass check. And normally from something like this happening, you would have residual interviews. Mm-hmm. You would have her sit down with the, the Dr. Phil's, the fucking Dr. Oz's, mm-hmm. the Dr. Drew's and like talk about this shit. And obviously, no. I mean, we don't know what the future holds, but like, yeah. obviously, I feel like she wouldn't. I feel like she wouldn't do that. Not because she's trying to keep integrity with this case, but because she knows other people are going to call her the fuck out. When they asked Nancy Grace to be on this, Mm -hmm. because they did, and she was like, okay, bet, I will do it, but my terms are, I'm going to be able to say what I want. I want to ask Casey questions, you know? And they were like, no. That to me was like, because when they first started pitching this, because the trailer goes, why are you giving up control now? And Casey's like, I don't know. Because fucking obvious, she had control. Yeah. She created a narrative. Her and the director created a narrative and they went with it. Yep. And they captured moments and she cried for the camera. Oh, yeah. She they lo- tried to humanize her so bad. It's so obvious. The whole like her going to meet up with, you know, all of them at that Airbnb, them laughing and hug. They are trying to right. make her look like a like normal human who was done wrong. Right. Right. And the thing is, is like the thing with pathological liars, they believe what the fuck they're saying. They start to believe their fucking lies. People be like, how can she lie so easy? Because she's fucking just she's done it forever. Right. And they act like that's a thing that blows my fucking mind is you and I are best friends. If I lied to you every fucking day and you could track me on every lie, you would never trust me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If I told you the sky was red and you know it's not red and, you know, and I'm telling you things that are lies, you would be like, the fuck, I can't believe you. We're also like skipping over the fact that like while Kaylee is missing, 
she's stealing fucking money from her friend and going on like shopping sprees to fucking Target and buying beer and living the high life. She gets a fucking tattoo. Like this whole narrative that they're trying to say. And it's her fucking defense team saying it. Mm -hmm. It's not an independent person coming and reading the transcripts of her therapy sessions and like looking at this and being like, okay, this is her team saying, look, she dissociates. She went through this time. And I get it. People do this. Mm -hmm. I disassociated from memories in my life for years Mm -hmm. that I just like walked away from. It's happened Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. The difference is. Nobody was asking me every single fucking day about my trauma. Exactly. Casey Anthony was asked by Cindy Anthony on a fucking multi time of day. Where the Mm -hmm. fuck is my grandchild? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that you went to the 4th of July picnic and and they and I love that they're like, oh, they have all these photos from like the five weeks that Kaylee's missing or the four weeks that Kaylee's missing. But Mm -hmm. really, those are like six months worth of pictures. But it was like, I'm pretty sure they pulled them from her fucking Facebook. Right. During those period of time. Like it wasn't. It was state evidence. Yep. But like there were so many opportunities where Casey could have cleared her name. Exactly. When she was arrested and they find Kaylee's body, she could have said that's what he did with her. Mm -hmm. You're sitting in fucking jail. Yep. In jail. Yep. For the murder of your daughter. Right. (laughs) And they find her body. And your whole thing is, my dad was keeping her from me. You know, you know how much I love my dad. You know that that man was my whole love. I would have said it. I would have been like, he did it. It's a lot of, I didn't do it. Let me point the fingers at everybody else. Well, at George, not everybody else. Right. But, it wasn't, you know. Well, she she discredits Cindy mm-hmm. because she talks about like how she's bad because she kept taking George back even though he cheated. That's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. People do that. That's their own fucking business. And just because you're a cheater, that doesn't mean you're a murderer. Yeah, I know. You've heard me say that about a certain case. <laughs> uh. Right. And... I'm sorry. I feel like every mother in America watched that and went, even bad moms, even probably moms who have hurt their children probably went like, that's not the reaction I would have done. Exactly. That's literally what I wrote. That's literally what I wrote in my notes. I was like, if that was my family and my dad took my child and just kept her away, there's no way in fucking fuck the minute he left with her. I would have been calling the cops. Right. You, knowing you, you would not have even have let them like. No. There wouldn't have been a George taking. Exactly. Kaylee out of your arms. Yeah. That's the thing is like, you're telling me that. And the story that she paints is that she's no longer culpable for this death. That she's no longer responsible. Mm -hmm. The child neglect and that kind of thing. Like she Mm -hmm. just wasn't. It's not her fault. She was, she was sick. She had taken some sleepy medicine. She was sleeping. Her child disappeared. Her father had her. I'm sorry, but like your dad went to work at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. You're saying this happened at one o'clock around or whatever earlier in the day or whatever time of day she said this happened. Well, and like the thing is, too, they try to get hung up on George being like, I saw them leave at X time. They act like Casey couldn't have came back. 
Right. After George left. The fuck? <laughs> exactly. My favorite thing was she was talking about like, well, he only works 10 minutes away. Right. And it was like, okay, he did all of these things while he was supposed to be at work. He did all of these things in a short amount of time and made it to work on time. I remember that was something they checked. Right. He was at work on time. So even if he was 10 minutes away, he couldn't have made that fucking search on your password protected account at 2.51. Right. And I'm pretty sure she, whether it was MySpace, Facebook, whatever, she was like, like, there was messages of her just talking to people like nothing. Right. So you're telling me your dad logged in, looked up all these horrific searches on a web browser he never really used. You were really that you were the only one who used Firefox. That's how that got missed originally, because they were like, oh, right. You know, we use whatever Internet Explorer. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And it's just like, it's so easy. Like she's creating this narrative of like, I didn't do this. I'm the victim. My dad told me what to do and I just did everything that he said because that's what I've always done. Because if I didn't comply, I was punished. But I'm sorry, your child's involved now. That's a whole different fucking ballgame. Right. Even if you're fucking terrified to death. You couldn't get help. If it was me, like, and this is what I'm going to say. I can't say that she should have done this, but I'm going to tell you what I would have done. If I was scared of a man who had my child, I would have gone to police quietly. I would have said, hey, I need you to watch this guy. I think he has my kid. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you're telling people that she's, if I'm right, like if I can't, if I'm remembering this correctly, like she told her friends that she was out with that her parents had Kaylee. And then she's telling her parents that she's with the nanny and that like when her mom Mm -hmm. on June, on July 17th is like, where the fuck is my grandkid? I'm done with this This is end of like this bullshit. Where the fuck is she? Mm -hmm. Suddenly she's been kidnapped for 31 days. How fast do you come up with that? Like, how fucking fast are you like, the nanny stole her? And I've listened, guys, mm-hmm. I have listened to the tapes with her and police. When she gets on the phone and she's yep. with the, on the 911 dispatcher, she's so calm. She's so like, whatever. She goes, into, she goes to jail. And the only thing she cares about is the fact that her mom had done press and got attention mm-hmm. and that she wanted Tony's mm-hmm. number. Yep. <laughs> she could have told Lee. On the phone. Yeah. Like, it wasn't me. Dad took her. I've just been covering for dad. There are so many opportunities. Dude, the minute she got arrested, she should have fucking been like, let me tell you, because she's in there with the police by herself. Right. Right. (laughs) It just, the math ain't mathin'. This is very correct. With any of it. Honestly, like, the amount of frustration... This is the thing I don't want people to think that, like, we're not sensitive to the abuse. We are. Okay. Let me just, let me, let me say something, because if I don't, I feel like people are gonna be fucking ripping our asses. So here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. I was sexually abused pretty much for 15, 16 years, starting at a very early age from a family, from more than one person, but that doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, I, too had a child extremely young. I was barely 21 years old when I had my daughter. Yeah. There is no way in fuck if one of my abusers took my kid from me and just fucking dipped that I would allow any amount of time to go by. And like Jessica said, 
the whole the whole week thing. Okay, fair. You know, fine. Because play devil's advocate, she could be like, oh, Cindy's there. Right. If Kaylee's at their house, like she's safe because she does say she's which is interesting because we know that's a lie too, but it's like she said what people would expect her to say and that Kaylee could be around George, but not by themselves. But we know that's not true. Right. Just saying. He often watched her while Cindy was at work and mm-hmm. Casey was working. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like, there is no way in fuck. There's no way in fuck how she acted. That would have happened in my case. No, it's true. There's no way to understand that. And so, like, that's the thing I want to ingrain in your guys's brain is I had a lot of trauma and similar. Like, I there's a lot of parallels with Kaylee's life in my life than some, unfortunately. But it's like I can actually put myself in that position she's allegedly been in because we can't say she was and we can't say she wasn't because we don't know. So I think personally, I think a lot of people are jumping on this bandwagon that fuck George, he's a horrible person, Casey's innocent, is because they have not taken the time, the fucking days, weeks, hours, fucking over months, you know, to properly look at every single thing. Because that's what's great about this case. You can fucking see whatever the fuck you want because of the sunshine law or whatever the fuck that is in Florida. It's all there. And because it was international media attention, shit's on YouTube. Court documents are online. There's all kinds of resources to form your own opinion. You can literally watch the entire trial online. Yes. I know I have. It's never... It's like we've said this. I think we said this with the Scott Peterson case. We said this with other like really controversial cases. I mean, and even like not controversial cases. Don't ever watch just one documentary and assume that's the complete truth because it doesn't matter who it is, intentionally or not. Everything that's made in like a documentary or about true crime, anything like that, that director and those producers have a set narrative in their mind on how they want to tell this story. So I think that's something people also don't think about. So I mean, just very important. Exactly. This. Okay, I'm going to bring it back to the Melendez case. The Menendez. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. Did I say it right? The bros. the bros. When we look at that case, there are documentaries out there who are, they are fucking ruthless killers. They slaughtered their parents. They're horrible humans. Mm-hmm. And there are documentaries mm-hmm. who are like, they were abused. Their dad was their abuser and they took matters into their own hand and they killed their mom so violently because of the fact that she allowed it to happen. Right. I just, you know, what's actually interesting to me because you brought that up. It's interesting how the public reacted to their Mm -hmm. case versus how they reacted to, say, like Gypsy Rose, because she was obviously also a victim of a fuck ton of abuse. So it's just and I don't know if that really has to do with like how we have grown, you know, as people since then. But it's just it's really interesting to me. And I just hope like you guys realize we're not trying to say she's lying about that other stuff because very well could have happened. The point is, is like she's not the only person who's been through this kind of shit. And those of us that have we're not fucking either killing our kids or, you know, lying about it and acting like everything's fucking fine. Right. And I mean, exactly. <laughs> and to come back 
I mean, Kaylee died in 2008. In 2008. And then mm-hmm. she was acquitted in 2011. Yes. So it's, it's 11 years later. She's telling the story. Mm-hmm. She's telling her narrative. Mm-hmm. We have moved the fuck on in our lives. In 2011, right. we were all fucking glued to the TV. You and I were because we were together. We were hanging out. We were like, what the fuck's going to mm-hmm. happen? Mm-hmm. This Casey Anthony case. Right. We wanted to know. We were, you know, texting about it. We were like, when you really think about the shit that happened in 2011, think about it this way. This was our first royal wedding in like how many years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much life has happened between then. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day, like, why do you think Casey did this? And I honestly think Casey did this for money because I think yeah. it's probably been a really fucking struggle. It's been probably a struggle yeah. bust. <laughs> yeah. If she wasn't working for Pat McKenna, she probably would not be employed. Because exactly. who the fuck wants to hire Casey Anthony at their place of business? Mm, One, the fuck exactly. to you, the reason she hasn't sh- changed your name. Right? That was a conversation like Shannon and I had. We were like, why Why would you not try to change your name? Unless that was, I don't think that was in the stuff, in her sentencing stuff. I'm pretty sure like she could have changed her name. She could have, mm-hmm. you know, with that money they gave her, could have went. And, I mean, I know everybody across the country knows who she is, but it's like, you could have moved away from your hometown area. She could have gotten plastic surgery. She could have. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot so much shit she could have done. She could have moved to the middle of fucking nowhere. Like a small town in the Midwest. Exactly. That doesn't like. have internet. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So she's a good liar. She could have come up with a different backstory. I mean, like, exactly. that's the thing is you chose to stay local. You chose to keep yourself looking like yourself. I mean, when we talked about that case where it was like the Orinda case where the girl, Bernadette, mm-hmm. she did. She changed her name. She changed her hair. She, she fucking wanted to distance herself from it. Mm-hmm. Casey Anthony didn't do that because she needed this. She waited yep. and waited until somebody was willing to pay her enough money to fucking sit down with her and do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the last like five years, there's been the rumor that her and OJ Simpson were going to do some sort of reality fucking show together. Where they were oh going to like God. solve mysteries or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. That one, the first time I ever heard that, I think I literally did a spit take. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, oh, by the way, I saw this on TikTok as well. Someone has a white Ford Bronco and the license plate <laughs> says, if I did it, which is the OJ Simpson book. <laughs> I was like, touche, touche. <laughs> I've seen somebody have one where it was like, not OJ. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's great. Right. <laughs> Okay, look at O.J. Simpson. Like, O.J. Simpson has sat mm-hmm. down. He's done interviews. He's talked about it. You wrote a fucking book. Unless Casey's going to come out and be like, I didn't get paid for this and show, like, financial records that indicate I didn't get paid. Right. I don't believe a fucking word because of the fact that, like, this is for profit. This is 100% for profit. Exactly. I mean, fucking Well, Nancy and that's Grace the whole thing, it. too. Like, you know, if they paid her nothing and, like, you know, none of that. Peacock's PR reps would have came out and said so. The fact that they're like, we're not disclosing the amount. It means they paid her okay, a cool. shit ton. Oh, I guarantee. She like two million. Getting, yeah, I was going to say at minimum over a million. Right. Because ba- like five years ago, she was asking for like 750. Right. You know, so obviously it's went up. Yeah. I just for me, it's been very fucking hard to like. I get why people who are abused lie. That's something that we've seen. Mm -hmm. So I get that. 
What I don't understand is like you had so many opportunities between July 17th of 20 or 2008. Till court started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She could have even said before the trial started. Right. You know, when they were because they were I think they were trying to give her a plea. Like she could have gone and been like they. Yes, they were trying to give her a plea deal. It would have been death row off the table. She would have got like 20 or 25 years and obviously out sooner if good behavior, blah, blah, blah. But she would have to accept, like, admit guilt right. and plead guilty. And she was like, no, I'm not doing that. I admitted to lying to the cops. Why would I admit to something I didn't do? Right. Exactly. In that fucking moment, you go, why would I admit to do this when my dad did it? Right. You're looking at death row and you're not going to fucking go like, hey, I know who really did this. It's fucking. That's the thing that blew my mind is she was on trial and death row was on the table. Yep. Like it was not Mm -hmm. off the table. If she had been found guilty, they could have executed her. We could be having a different conversation. We could be talking about an upcoming execution. Exactly. The fact of the matter is, is I'm just saying this. If I fucking had an inkling, tiny little, tiny little morsel, like granular nano, smallest molecule of an idea of who killed my child. And I was facing death, canary singing. I would just spill mm-hmm. it. It'd be like, this is who did it. Go get mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You want to know why I think that this has all come out? Is because Casey Anthony is tired of since, because we've seen it. She's been, she's been in TikTok videos where like people have seen her out in the mm-hmm. wild and she's acting a fucking like entitled, like entitled person. Remember that one like from a few years ago mm-hmm. where like, Someone spilled water on her and she basically wanted to get Mm -hmm. them arrested for harassing her because it was like her Mm -hmm. Mm ex-boyfriend. I'm just like, Jesus. The reason you're doing this is you want people to leave you the fuck alone and you want people to have have sympathy for you. You want people to come up to you in public and be like, oh, I'm really sorry you went through that. This isn't about Kaylee. This whole shit was about blaming George Anthony for her daughter's death without blaming George Anthony for her daughter's death. She called her father a pedophile. And like the last scene were like, which I fucking hate the end of this. Oh my God. They're sitting in front of the house, which do the parents still own? I don't, I think they, I'm pretty sure they had moved. Right, because that's what I I thought when we did the show, I thought they had moved. And I remember like she was like in there on a shelf is like Casey's or Kaylee's ashes. And I've asked my mom for them. Well, if I was fucking cindy anthony if i was cindy i wouldn't give them to you either like why would like i'd be like i think you killed my grandchild why the fuck would i do this watching the anthony's like over the years i've watched all of those interviews they're all over the place this broke them Mm -hmm. whatever their personal fucking life is i don't give a shit i don't like and i know people are gonna be like that's rude jessica like you don't care that george cheats on cindy no i don't fucking care that george cheats on cindy if cindy allows that in her marriage that's on cindy not on me Mm mm-hmm it looks like actually they sold their home back in 2013. Right. So yeah, they don't like somebody else lives there now. Which imagine sitting like being in. Your, I just thought about mm. that. Imagine being in your home and looking out, and there's like a car with like a camera, and then you look deeper and you see that it's Casey Anthony, and you know that she's a fucking. I would hope they they called them so they could like not be at home awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> Someone getting their kids out to go to like soccer, and you're like, shit. Oh my god. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, that's just the kind of shit. And like, she's like, she gets teary eyed and she cries and she's driving away and she's like, I still cry. This whole thing was a fucking pity party for Casey Anthony. It was a hundred percent. I didn't kill my kid. You want to sit down and have a real conversation about the fact that you were sexually abused as a child? I'm here for that because people need to mm-hmm. speak that truth. I know that mm-hmm. when I was younger. Tara's a little younger than me, so, like, the curve of, like, mental health kind of... But even still, like, where we grew up, you didn't fucking talk about that shit. Shit happened in your house. Shit was happening to you. You didn't say anything. You didn't accuse Mm -hmm. your abusers. Shit like that didn't happen unless somebody caught Mm -hmm. somebody doing something to you. Exactly. And if you told someone, you probably weren't believed. So I get that. Yeah. It's a big deal. There are people that I know that I'm in contact with who... I was really good friends with us as a kid and did not know that they were going through similar things I was going through. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a, it's a big deal. I have so many more questions after this. My biggest one is, if you're looking at death, why aren't you telling the truth? Mm-hmm. My other big question is, how can I trust anything out of your fucking mouth when you admit you're a liar? Exactly. I mean, we've like a lot of people have been in relationships with people where they like have been in a relationship with a liar and you're like, I can't trust you. I can't trust what the fuck you're saying because yeah, you admitted you lied or I know that you lied or whatever. Right. How am I supposed to reconcile this this Casey Anthony when mm-hmm. I can literally pull up old video? Like that was the great thing. They would pull up these old videos of George and Cindy and in interviews. But they wouldn't fucking pull up old interviews with Casey when she was looking for her daughter. They're not pulling up court transcripts of her testifying and saying completely opposite shit. They, uh, you know, also didn't show that True Crime Daily or whatever the fuck interview she did, like, right afterwards. Mm -hmm. And her being like, I sleep fine at night, blah, 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 blah. And then now all of a sudden it's, oh, I have nightmares every night. I haven't slept fine since it happened, basically. Yeah. And it's like... I don't believe you. I honestly think that I've always thought that like she thought once she was proven innocent, quote unquote, like she was acquitted, which Mm -hmm. I think we we all know (laughs) that being acquitted isn't being found innocent. You're innocent. Right. Exactly. It just means they can't fucking there's not enough evidence to prove that you did it. And there wasn't. And there was controversy. There's contradicting evidence that like they were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see this in lots of cases, and that's the job of both sides is to disprove the other person's stuff. Yeah. Here's evidence A, defense is going to disprove it. Mm-hmm. So I think she thought she was going to come out of that, and people were just going to be like, okay, well, she didn't kill her kid. How tragic, how sad. And the world went, you fucking murdered your child, and we all hate you for yep. it. And that was different because she lived in a safe house for a while and then she lived mm-hmm. with Pat McKenna for a long ass time. I was mm-hmm. like, she moved in with everyone of them. Like, yeah, she moved in with Pat for a really long time, actually. Like, someone said that. And I was like, yeah, because she had nowhere else to go. Exactly. I remember somebody was like, because like at one point in time, they would talk about like they asked Cindy in an interview years mm-hmm. ago where they were like, well, do you see her? And she's like, well, she comes by the house and she doesn't come mm-hmm. in. She just talks to me outside. She doesn't talk to mm-hmm. George. Mm-hmm. Well, the fuck would you talk to George if you're sin- if you're Casey Anthony because he was state star witness. Mm-hmm. And the way that she like this is the thing I don't understand. If I was safe for my abuser 
And I honestly thought yeah. my kid had been abused. I would not be smiling at him over the fucking jailhouse no. phone. No. There were times where like Cindy and George would go to the fucking jail and mm-hmm. only George, like she would only talk to George. Right. And she'd be a bitch to Cindy. She'd be like, not a bitch. She was a cunt to Cindy. Let's just yeah that up a bit. She was so. Let's just be real about it. Right. Like there were times like she would make her mom cry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in this moment, you're sitting in jail facing fucking death. Your parents come to visit you. And the one person who is supposed to keep your daughter safe from your father, you're going to treat like that? Mm -hmm. I so believe you. Mm, Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is like she said she told her mom about the thing with Lee. Right. But that's what I'm saying. We that's what that's what I'm saying. Like I said earlier, why wouldn't she be like, now that I have nothing to fucking lose and my kids, we don't know where. Right. You know, like, why wouldn't you be like, look, see. I told you shit was happening in our house. I told you shit was going on and it was happening with him too. And now Kaylee's missing and he was the last person that had her. That. Yeah. And and speaking of Lee, like one of the things that like happened is fucking Jose Bias calls him up and is like, listen, yours. And like the defense team says this like it's no big fucking deal because he's been like testifying like kind of neutral. And then he goes, your sister is going down for the murder of her daughter. She's facing death. The very least, she might go away forever in prison. Like, they might just give her life without Mm -hmm. parole. Mm -hmm. And then, all of a sudden, the next fucking day, or the day after that, Lee gets on the stage, or the, yeah, the stage, (laughs) the stand, (laughs) and says, when our pets died, my dad would bury them in a blanket wrapped around them, put two trash bags and duct tape them together. So basically what mm-hmm. Lee said is my dad did it and he buried my niece like a pet. Because, you know, Casey couldn't have done the same thing because if he did that, they would fucking have seen it for years. Right. Which in my mind was almost like, well, the fuck he's saying, like, Casey knows how to do this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, any final thoughts? Before we wrap it up here. I mean, I think we've kind of said like. (laughs) It's just hard. Like this whole thing. Yeah. Was like almost four hours of just fuckery. Mm hmm. I completely agree. Unless you're really invested in this case. Mm -hmm. Or if you really are like shit, there's a lot in there. Yeah. I could see people watching it once. Yeah. I went back to watch it a second time to take notes and I was like, I can't. I told Tara, I was like, I can't fucking watch it twice. I can't watch this, mm-hmm. this, this shit twice. Yeah. I never will again because, in all honesty, like, no. no. It was exactly what we thought it was going to be. It was four hours of Casey Anthony telling us that her father was a pedophile. Yep, pretty much. <sighs> all right, y'all. Well, with that, we are going to go ahead and wrap things up for today. Thank you for listening, as always. And as always, there will be a discussion thread. Currently, we do have a Casey Anthony thread in the group, but we'll also put one up specifically for this episode. So if you guys have any thoughts, anything, any input, feel free to head over there and talk about it with us there. But with that, we are going to go ahead and sign off and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Toodles.